2: Welcome to the RotoWire NBA podcast, where we are still, against all odds, sponsored by DraftEasy.com. Nick Whalen here with Alex Berutha. It is Tuesday, January 23rd. That means only one thing. It is Larry Hughes' 39th birthday. Larry Hughes, who was involved in, I learned today, a number of big-time trades throughout his career. Trades that, when you read about them on the internet um on basketball reference specifically require like four to six lines of text because so many (laughs) players are involved uh he was involved in i think what's just kind of known now as the trade in 2008 that brought ben wallace to cleveland Mm. Uh, a couple years later he was involved in the trade part two a deal that brought tracy mcgrady to the knicks Um, so basically it's like if you were, if it was like the late two thousands, you wanted to get someone who was seven years past their prime, you had Larry Hughes on your team. That was the key to doing so. Um, and he was also involved in the trade that, uh, brought Tim Thomas to the New York Knicks. So just quite a bit going on, uh, in the career of Larry (laughs) Hughes, 39, what seemed young to me. He, he was playing in the NBA in 2012.
1: I did not realize that at all. Who did he play? For? The Magic? He had quite a little tour at the end. I see that. Uh, Orlando, yeah. nine games. Um, none of the people in those two aforementioned... Only one person involved in the aforementioned trades are still in the league, if I'm reading this correctly. I think it's Danny Green, who was the right. 2009 second-round draft pick. Mm-hmm. I think everyone else, Sergio yeah, Rodriguez. It seems like forever
2: ago that he was coming off the bench for what well, I guess would have been the last LeBron Cleveland Part 1 team. He, yes, that does seem much. Like Drew Gooden ago. technically was involved in one of those deals. I don't know if he's actually retired. I think I think everyone assumes he is. He I seems like so. also someone that if the Warriors came calling and needed a ten day, <laughs> he would be there in a second. Shannon Brown was also involved in one of these
1: deals. He, was he? Well, he,
2: as we know, is playing for the Wisconsin herd. Yeah unbelievably sad
1: (laughs) he should probably be doing better than that sterling brown's brother yeah which if you would have asked me like five years ago who would be better shannon brown or shannon brown's brother sterling
2: huge age difference there which i guess isn't that crazy but they also look nothing alike whatsoever at all um honestly i kind of forgot that they were even related until you mentioned that yeah but um any other notes on larry hughes i guess my lasting memory of larry hughes is he was supposed to be like you know the robin to lebron's batman and that just speaks to the quality (laughs) of of teammates that like you could very you could make a pretty strong case that larry hughes uh despite basically flopping for two years in cleveland was a top three teammate that lebron ever had during that run
1: yeah i remember i actually remember larry hughes mostly from washington yep um but yeah and then slightly clinging on with cleveland during the was that also the mo williams era I believe so. He was
2: only in Cleveland for for two and a half years. Right. Uh, Short, you know, short but sweet. Actually, began his career in Philly. Um, This is just way too much about Larry Hughes. Uh, But happy 39th to Larry. Uh, We have quite a bit to get to in terms of current day NBA. We'll start with Milwaukee. I guess around this time, mid afternoon, as we record on Tuesday, around this time on Monday, uh, the Bucks fired Jason Kidd. And it wasn't all that surprising of a move, but at the same time, anytime a coach is fired just randomly in the middle of the day, especially yeah. when that team plays a game like six hours later, it always comes as a, as a surprise. Um, can you remember a, coaching, a coach firing that was met, especially mid-season firing, that was met with just basically universal praise by <laughs> writers, by bucks twitter by people in our office out here like i have not heard one person say i don't think jason kidd should have been fired
1: i no i i can't i can't think of a coach firing like that and i mean i you know i i didn't work uh yesterday but i as soon as i heard the news i was all on twitter trying to you know see what people thought about it and i saw exactly like you said like bucks twitter bucks writers um a, probably a, a majority of beat writers saying they weren't surprised i think i saw maybe a handful who who seemed like uh, said that they felt shocked by it or that it was unexpected but that to me seems like they just hadn't been yeah. paying to attention to the box which well, i don't like expect
2: carlisle said that too and like hasn't rick carlisle said that about every coach that's ever been fired and yeah
1: but isn't he the co- the president of the coaches yeah something like jay, Tri- jay
2: triano i guess allegedly didn't wear a tie for the first time all season last night and you as know a, as a uh, silent protest for uh, okay. being <laughs> fired it's like i mean what do you do these guys want everyone to keep their jobs at all time I, I don't know i mean i i'm not nearly as you know watching the bucks as closely as i was you know last year certainly two or three years ago when i was you know doing basketball stuff but it, w- it was time right i mean the bucks basically said in their statement you know john horace was like and it was it was kind of odd to me to hear and be this blunt but he was like why delay the inevitable you know he basically yeah. said we were going to fire and we made up that decision why wait another 40 games we we kind of know what this team is we're 40 some games in this year we're barely 500 with a roster that we feel is better than that why wait? So when you hear that explanation, that it makes sense. Yeah. Um, a lot of people were asking, you know, are they going to hire Fizz? Are they going to, you know, we were we were throwing around, you know, Tom Izzo. That would be that would be interesting. Bill Self, guys who always come up for these jobs in season. There's really not much of a precedent at all to bring in someone from outside the organization. I don't think you know, so. Coaches get fired midseason all the time, but I, without looking, I can't think of a single time when they've brought in someone from outside the organization midseason. You you just can't especially a team like the Bucks that's in playoff contention and wants yeah. to make the playoffs. Like there's just too much to lose there. It's too hard to implement a system. Um, but, you know, at the same time, they kind of, you know, they're out there. They're, you know, this is a job that's very much available this summer. And even if you're, you're pivoting to Joe Prunty, the lead assistant for the next 38 games um, you know, there, there doesn't seem to be much of a belief that he's going to hold on to this job unless the Bucks just completely, you know, go on a huge run.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it's, you know, guys like Woj and Zach Lowe are saying this is the Bucks job is now one of the most enticing jobs for. And I can I can see that because of Giannis and right. things like that. And it's, you know, I think the general consensus is that the team was underperforming and that they have a top five, 10 player. And so they should do better. But, yeah, I mean, another thing a horse said when he when in that press conference was, you know, people were asking him, like, what's the plan? Are you going to do something in season? Are you going to keep prunty? He was like, we just we made the decision to fire kid. And we're going to talk about what we're going to do on Friday. And so they literally fired him and did not, they didn't, they didn't have a plan after that. They're like, we're going to talk about on a Friday. Prunty's Mm going to coach a team, but yeah, I think it makes more sense to wait. Um, until the off season, I think just because there's more, won't there be more options available? Like e- even well, like the NBA get, and college coaches, their contracts right. will be up, and then you can dedicate the mm-hmm. off season to that sort of a thing instead of trying to like do like do an NBA right. season and also look for a coach.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think you can kind of search behind the scenes for the next few months. Yeah, you know there there are certain things you you know certain coaches you can and can't talk to um and i have no information on the bucks you know which which route they want to go with this but if you know if tom Mizzo or if bill self or john calipari or greg marshall or whoever it is in the college ranks if the if that's a route that you're considering going and we've seen other teams in this situation you know okc in some ways i think when they fired scott brooks you know they they brought in basically a rookie nba coach in in billy donovan which i think you know was a little bit questionable at the time but this bucks team is kind of in a similar spot where you know would you would you give someone like that an opportunity or do you go with the retread you know Amani Williams that's that's a name that's been brought up somebody like that um but the the point is if you if you do want to seriously consider a college coach especially you, you know Tom Izzo's not going to leave Michigan State in the middle of the season no. uh John Calipari even even with Kentucky dropping out of the top 25 isn't going to leave mid-season so you just have more options um the the more concerning to me uh things that that came out of this whole firing one Giannis is apparently quote devastated I think it was Chris Haynes mm-hmm. who reported that um which isn't all that of us all that much of a surprise you know I mean I think everyone knew how close those two were yeah there's a report that Giannis well, called. You know, called Jason Kidd and said you know I will do whatever it takes to help you get the job back or save your job or whatever which you know when you're talking about just black and white is your best player happy with your decision yes or no it Sounds like no, um, but you have to remember, I mean, Giannis, you know, this is kind of the coach that he's come up with, you know, the, the coach that has been there as he's gone from pretty much an unknown player to yeah. a top five player in the league. Like, it's natural to be attached, and you have to think that even if Giannis isn't happy about this and these stories that, that I just mentioned are correct, they had to at least, you know, maybe not sit down with him one-on-one, but they had to know how Giannis felt, right? Like, the Bucks couldn't have made this call and then turned around and said like what Giannis liked yeah. Jason Kidd like they, <laughs> they knew what they were doing right
1: yeah I mean I think I think I don't know the tone I always got from Giannis is that he really liked Jason Kidd and like you said that's really understandable um the you know when um when John Hammond drafted Giannis there was a lot of people who were like what is this move who is this guy mm-hmm. and John Hammond's like we really believe in this guy and Jason Kidd's the person who actually went ahead and implemented Giannis and went in every single day in practice, you know, tried to get Giannis to become a better ball handler and reach his potential. And I don't know how many coaches in the league would have committed that hard to trying to essentially turn Giannis into a LeBron James type player. And so that makes sense for Giannis because, I mean, exactly like you said, he was basically a nobody and then um, now is a top five player and it's... you in his shoes I mean you don't know like if like maybe Jason Kidd would have been the only guy to give him that opportunity right well and
2: Giannis unlike a lot of players who come up through high school through AAU through college you know you have all these coaches that you you kind of cycle through throughout your development yeah. and, and certainly Giannis had those coaches in Greece but he, you know it's, it's just kind of like his first experience um, you know with with this type of situation and obviously um, you know, he's been through a coach firing before, but that was a little different, you know, it's, yeah. it's with, with him as the guy on a franchise, uh, and having the coach being fired, you know, when he's at this point in his career, he hasn't really gone through it yet. So I think that's natural. I mean, even more concerning to me was the report that apparently kid and Jabari Parker weren't, weren't on, weren't on speaking terms. Weren't talking like what? Like, I don't know. I guess I'm not all, sh- all that shocked that it didn't come out until now, especially with Jabari, you know, being away from the team for a long time. But that's very odd to me. I, I don't. You kind of wonder what that would be about. Only his defense. I mean, very possibly, but <laughs> no. it's not like it's I, not like Jason Kidd's really in charge of when Jabari Parker
1: comes back from this injury. No, I that was that was weird to me for sure. I I don't know. I I I just didn't. Jason Kidd seemed like such an odd figure to me, like within the organization, just as far as i don't know like i didn't know if the players like how they if they looked up to him if they if he was like personable with the players if he was like a was just like a coach where the team doesn't i don't don't know it's tough like when you hire a hall of fame player as your coach i don't know exactly how that goes like to all the young players respect him some of them not respect him so i don't know maybe jabari was just like I don't care that this guy's a Hall of Fame player. I really hate what he does on the court. I don't think any of this makes sense because Jabari came from a really good program in Duke, obviously. Um, So he's seen good coaching and and everything like that. So I don't know if if Jabari just had a lot stronger feelings than everyone else and didn't trust uh, what Kit was doing at all. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's very possible,
2: and you you never want to read too much into this stuff. But you know, Malcolm Brogdon has a career high last night against (laughs) the Suns, and there's video in the locker room of him. You know, guys are throwing water on him. Everyone's jumping around. Like it it was not a a subdued Bucks locker room. Granted, it's a win, but one, it's a win over the Suns. Two, your coach got fired earlier in the day. You know, I think I personally, I guess, I expected there to be a little. You know, I mean, not not necessarily sadness, but at least feign some. You know, just kind of <laughs> keep it reserved. Like your coach just got fired, and the and you know, again, you did, who knows uh, you know what Malcolm Brogdon or what whoever else you know I think Middleton was involved with that. What those guys thought, um, but the you know that's, that's still something. You know, the Bucks weren't exactly you know they didn't come out sluggish and lose by thirty against the Suns because they're upset their coach got fired.
1: No, and they still won without Giannis, which is going to be tough against. I don't want to say tough against any team, but it's still I mean they Giannis is obviously a huge part of the offense that just disappears and mm-hmm. you have to you're essentially relying on Chris Milton and Eric Bledsoe to be your two best players right. um but yeah no I got no no vibe of sadness no. they kept interviewing Jason Terry and being like how's the team doing and he's like we're great right now like right. we gotta move on as a team like we gotta band together so I yeah it didn't seem like anyone was right. uh, other than Giannis was like taken aback mm-hmm. and that's what's that's
2: what's also kind of odd to me too is like I I kind of got that vibe too that it was like everyone else except Giannis yeah was maybe ready to move on um and that kind of makes you wonder you know at, at what point do you like obviously Giannis's opinion inherently means a little more than anyone else's but you know at some point I think if. If eleven or twelve other guys feel one way, and Giannis yeah. is one of only a couple who feel the other way, it, it's tough to find that balance.
1: And it helps that he's on a long-term deal now, and that they have exactly. they they signed him to a big contract. It's and that's a lot easier like, to make that call now than it was last year. Exactly. So, yeah. uh, well, speaking of the Bucks, Mark Stein
2: um, four minutes ago just tweeted, "Quote: The Bucks were among the teams that engaged Charlotte in Kemba Walker talks before Michael Jordan's pronouncement that he'd rather not deal Walker, according to league sources." So. I mean, I, I don't really care what Michael Jordan says. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure he would rather not deal him, but he might not really have much of a choice. Wh- what If the Bucks bring in Kemba Walker, what does that mean? What, does that mean they're sending out Eric Bledsoe? I mean, I don't see... I guess you could play those two together. You don't get Kemba, though, unless you're giving up something of tangible value. See,
1: this is one of those things where it's like, I don't see how... I don't see how you... I I wouldn't be a fan of playing... Kemba and Bledsoe on the same team, like I don't, I don't think that is a great like. I, there's something to be said about like the like the Lillard McCollum backcourt and stuff like that, but like I don't like a Bledsoe Kemba backcourt. I don't know how I feel about that. Theoretically, if you're not sending Bledsoe, then you're probably sending Brogden. So maybe it was a like maybe they were trying to get Kemba and send Bledsoe somewhere else, but that would also be really weird to do. Mm-hmm. So. I'm not really. Sh- I've I have no idea what to make of that at all. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it, to get a player like Kemba,
2: even at somewhat of a discount now, you know, this, the, the Hornets don't have a ton of leverage. You know, he's expiring after next year. Like, you would think you'd still have to give up Bledsoe or Middleton or Brogdon in a deal like that? On maybe Thon, a first round pick. Like, maybe you're taking back money. I mean, at some point, you just maybe start stockpiling talent. That, that's a thought that other teams have certainly had as we've, as everyone kind of tries to chase the Warriors in that
1: regard. Yeah. Um, I don't know. The only thing I could really see the Bucks trying to do is, like, get off John Henson's contract. Um, and so unless he was involved in some deal and then the Bucks just took Walker for the mm-hmm. year, um, accepted that he may very well leave or just try to pick between Bledsoe and Walker when the time came. Um, I don't really, off the top of my head, I don't know what that rumor. If it's, I mean, I don't know if it's a rumor. I think it happened. Right. I don't know what that. (laughs) I just don't know. It's weird to me.
2: Yeah, that that is odd. Um, a lot a lot of leaks coming out this time of year. We know how frustrating it can be to play in DFS tournaments, only to be dominated week in and week out by sharks like Alex and pro DFS players. Did you know that 91% of the money is won by 1% of the players? Well, now, finally, we found a new DFS game where you actually have a chance to win. With DraftEasy.com's rapid-fire game, all you do is pick which player in five two-player matchups you think will score the most fantasy points, get four out of your five picks right, and you triple your money. It's that DraftEasy. No salary caps, no math, no competition, just you against the house. Sign up at DraftEasy.com now with promo code ROTOWIRE. You get a free shot at $50. And for Rotowire users, you get at least one pick, just one out of five right, and you score $20 for free. And for the month of January, DraftEasy has a crazy, crazy deposit match bonus with no drip, up to $100. Go now, DraftEasy.com. Fantasy sports made easy. Um, Speaking of leaks, this was another story that You kind of wonder how something that's this, at least on the surface, this damaging, gets out. Cavaliers apparently had a team meeting on Monday, and there are a ton of details that came out of this, but really the one that ended up making the headlines is a lot of players were apparently questioning whether or not Kevin Love was actually sick on Saturday (laughs) against the Thunder. He started that game and basically left after like two minutes. he, He was clearly sick, I thought. I mean, he looked out of it on the bench. He said he was having dizziness like he just didn't look like himself played three minutes didn't play the rest of the game obviously they got blown out in that game he didn't practice Sunday uh so it basically sounds like he's his toughness got called out and you know the the bigger thing to me is that someone leaked this team meeting stuff to the media which teams have team meetings all the time you know you hear about them you don't usually hear the details of what happened in them uh but You know, here we are. Yet another chapter in something like this happening on a LeBron James team. It's that time of year, yeah, right before the All Star break when things start to heat up there. So, to me, it seems all but inevitable that the Cavs are making, or at least going to do all they can to make a pretty major move. I think so. I think. I mean, LeBron is pretty unforgiving when it comes to personnel. Like he's not. He, as much as he might like or dislike Isaiah or Kevin Love. If LeBron and, and that organization see a deal that makes this roster around him better, I don't think LeBron's you know personal loyalty. No, really, you can kind of throw that out the window, and that's happened before.
1: Yeah, especially if he wants to stay in Cleveland and his legacy right. in Cleveland matters a lot to him. Then I think the long term um, is important to him there. Um, even before that, I, I've I just on Twitter, someone asked Jabari Parker about the reports that he and Jason Kidd weren't on speaking terms and uh jabari said quote those reports used me as a scapegoat we talk every day interesting so that is interesting um but yeah i mean so i don't that the, the kevin love thing is weird to me because i it's so weird like if you're like i'm sick and people are like no you're not like that's yeah. like how do you unless you have like legitimate reason to think that kevin love was faking it just not to get beat up by stephen adams for 40 minutes i like I, I well
2: i think what it is is uh it's a sign of like other things right yeah, like exactly, if, you, if right. you were best friends with kevin love that you know this is probably something that you know this specific instance maybe isn't the issue
1: but it's a culmination all, of yeah other not, things. not
2: not necessarily him you know missing practices or sitting out or anything like that but probably a combination of other little things that come out when you have a 20 person team meeting
1: yeah that that seems like something you just kind of throw on top of the pile at the end exactly. like you don't play defense right. like this and that oh i bet you weren't even sick the exactly, other day yeah.
2: <laughs> like i don't think it was 15 guys like sitting him down and being, like, <laughs> proved to us you were sick like, i, I I think that's probably exactly how it went. Um, but yeah, I mean things are horrible for Cleveland. Like they were up almost 30 on the Magic the other night, barely won that game. You know, obviously got killed on Saturday. Who knows what's going to happen tonight against the Spurs. It's uh <laughs> this is, it's pretty bad. I'm, <laughs> like the, the Cavs always find ways to get out of this stuff, but this year to me seems like one step, maybe even two steps above like how bad things have gotten in other years.
1: Yeah, and I mean <sighs> I I would not be surprised at this point if they made a major trade just because it's like I like I even I kept saying at the beginning of the year like this team has way too much talent to be bad like yeah. I don't care how bad they do at the beginning of the year or through the year but now it's, I don't even know if I can like hold that opinion anymore. I don't know that they
2: have that much talent they have a lot of names they have a lot of names they, they have just a lot of names f- who aren't playing like you know people expected them to
1: and even when the fits aren't perfect you would think that it could work out to some extent but you you just have a lot of guys who don't. A lot of guys who don't play defense, a lot of guys who are playing other guys' positions. Um, so, I, you know, it wouldn't surprise me, and it'd probably be, I mean, at this point, like, the, the team, if their goal, and it's always LeBron's goal to win a championship, is to really beat the Warriors. I, You can't beat the Warriors if you don't play any defense, and mm-hmm. you have no real mismatches. Where's the mismatch right. when you're the Cavs? Yeah, there's not Exactly. Well, the problem
2: is, that, I mean, the thing about Golden State, and you know, I think we've said this before, is, like, not only are all four of their top four players you know incredible offensive players you know i guess draymond's maybe an average offensive player yeah. but his passing at at you know at that position is unmatched really but they're also like incredible defenders i mean draymond is the best defender in the league clay thompson's a top five defender in his position kevin durant might be the defensive player of the year this year yeah curry has worked his way into becoming a, a, a pretty solid defender all things considered off yeah like you know they, everybody goes both ways for them with the calves like all of their with the exception of lebron when he's trying every, all almost every single player on the roster you can put into one category or the other you know isaiah thomas great offensive player worst defensive player in the league yeah jay crowder pretty good defender horrible offensive player dwayne yep. wade you know kind of average the, at both yeah, at this point I, I guess you know kevin love good offense bad defense tristan thompson good defense bad offense Von shumpert good defense bad op- like there's just too many guys That only give you something on one side of the ball and to me that that just creates more of a risk especially for the guys who are offense only we're like that's what's happened with it it's like you're counting on this guy to be so good at offense that it makes it okay that he's bad at defense well what happens when he's having an off game on offense that's happened the last like four games See that's what happened like it's yeah you (laughs) want (laughs) to you want to add another guy to that list i don't know which category he falls in at this point
1: um yeah i don't know i i (laughs) at this point we're just waiting like we've just been waiting for it all year right. and and so like i i just want to know at this point like because you feel like they have to be calling every team in the league yeah. and trying to pry like wing defender, right. two-way wing players away yeah i from. mean the and, george
2: hill woes just tweeted 15 minutes ago that you know they're in talks with sacramento still sounds like maybe Shump and fry would be involved with that I think that's that's not the worst deal. I think people are really down on George Hill and rightfully so. Just, I th- but to me, that just seems like he got himself into a bad situation. You know,
1: like how, I don't, like how hard is he trying?
2: Exactly. Like I, I'm not. I also don't think he's going to come in and like you know it's going to just flip the switch for the Cavs. But I, like I, I wouldn't hate that deal. Like you're not getting anything out of Schumpert, who's been hurt. Fry's not even in the rotation. Like if that's what it takes to get him, I think you kind of do it and just hope that it's a patch for now at least until the trade deadline
1: yeah and you, you kind of have to wonder like even i don't know if i mean yeah i mean if you start george hill over jr smith i think that's but pro- jr i mean that's i've been i've been trying to not slander him
2: too much but it's getting to the point with him too that like he's i mean 34
1: percent from three 37 from the field
2: 37 from the field i mean this is he, this, he's in that, a two-year slump like it's not like his numbers were all that much better last year
1: yeah that said, I mean he takes he takes 7 field goal attempts a game, 5 of them are threes. So like right. the percentage the, his field goal percentage no, is his that's three fine, point right. percentage, but even still that's I mean 34% there's. You could just grab some guy off the not off the right. street, but like there's plenty of dudes For who shoot 34%. the number of minutes that he's
2: playing and the degree of difficulty on these shots, like I mean he's that, that was a big part of their offense. Like he was kind of their Light version of Clay Thompson, yeah. You like know where you're he, open, it, you make the shot. Right, exactly. Like, you, like not having one other guy on the floor who can just knock it down from wherever, you know that that cripples an offense.
1: That's tough too, because Jr. throughout his career always seemed like that guy who he had to shoot a lot of shots to get in rhythm, yeah. and then once he was in rhythm, he was unstoppable. But right. if he's only taking seven shots a game, yeah, as soon it, as he misses three in a row, it's just over. Exactly.
3: Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When you're looking for a credit card, get one that wins awards. The U.S. Bank Visa Platinum card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best of Awards winner for Best 0% Intro APR and Balance Transfer credit card. It provides a great way to pay for large purchases over time as well as consolidating other card balances. And speaking of award winners, the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best Credit Card for Dining Out or Ordering In. Earn 4 times points on takeout, food delivery, and dining. Get 2 times points at gas stations, grocery stores, and on streaming. If you're into cash back or travel rewards, U.S. Bank has credit cards that feature those benefits, too. Check out their full suite of credit cards at usbank.com slash credit card. The creditor and issuer of these cards is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from VCUSA, Inc., and the cards are available to United States residents only. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. So,
2: yeah, all right. Well, Damian Lillard met with Paul Allen, owner of... The Portland Trailblazers yesterday, and I mean, Paul Allen actually thought was was kind of funny about this. He he told the media like I thought for sure he was coming in to, to ask for a trade. <laughs> it sounds like it was more of the opposite, you yeah. know, more of Lillard trying to trade get, everyone else. Yeah, well, <laughs> in some <laughs> ways, like what's the plan here, you know? And he Damian Lillard even today kind of quote tweeted someone who was asking, you know, is Damian Lillard going to be in Portland at the end of the season? He said yes. Um it doesn't sound like he wants out. And if you listen to it, I think he was on on the Hoop Collective podcast with with Chris Haynes and Mark Spears last week, he talked about wanting to be the greatest player ever, wanting, you know, kind of idolizing guys like Reggie Miller and Larry Bird and Magic, you know, who who had played for one team and are kind of the face of that team. Dirk yeah. was another guy he'd mentioned. So I don't I don't think by any means he wants out, but I think it's fair at this point, you know, to kind of ask what the direction is if you're Lillard because i I don't think portland's in any hurry to part ways with him either um and you know you're kind of going on what year three or four of having a pretty good team but getting to this point in the year and just kind of knowing that you're not you're not on the level that you need to be if you really really want to compete
1: yeah and i don't know the the Nurkic trade hasn't exactly worked out as well as i think they hoped um, I just looked up right now. I just looked up their the team's net ratings, and he is out of everyone who gets fifteen minutes a game. He is ninth out of twelve Nurkic's in net rating at negative point five. Um, and he, you know, he notably doesn't try. He gets pulled out of games because he's not trying that hard on defense a lot, which is a problem because he's one of their best. I mean, he's their third best offensive player, I guess. Mm-hmm. Shabazz Napier could arguably be in that conversation at this point. Yikes! But uh, yeah, but uh, so. I think that's a fair question of Damian Lillard to ask because so they got rid of Lamarcus Aldridge and then you know quote wing another direction, but the formula of their team has been the exact same. It's two combo guards and a big man who can score, and so then you have to wonder like is is that formula just wrong for them? Do they have the wrong big men? Do they have is one of the guards wrong? Like is it the fact that they've been overpaying people so much that they can't afford a legit bench, which I think is which I, I think is like 75% of the issue for assigning just arbitrary numbers to things. Mm-hmm. But if I was Lillard, I, I would be upset too. Like obviously him and McCollum are really good and um, yeah.
2: Very guys. good. In fact, very good. Yeah, all-star caliber good. players. They in are. Fact. And that, I mean, this once again just shows you the, the caliber of the talent in the West. Speaking of which all-star reserves announced tonight, six uh, o'clock our time, seven o'clock East coast on tnt i think they're doing a, a big special pregame show leading up to Cavs spurs and then there's there is a late game as well i do not know off the top of my head what that game is that is it lakers
1: lakers celtics
2: yes i think that's right in la uh so that's late game we do know uh depending on if you believe uh the the, the venerable candace buckner of the washington post reported that brad beal has been named a reserve for the eastern conference um of course the teams are going to end up being scrambled through this draft. But uh, the seven reserves for each side uh, are you know, still come, seven from the west, seven from the east. So we know one from the east. I asked you to put together your seven. I have mine. Uh, I know Beal was on your list. He, he was on my list as well. So we're one for one. Really hot start. Could work.
1: Um I guess did you order these in any way or did you have like locks guys you were on the fence about I like I literally I went through like basketball reference went yep, through like PER yep. win shares made a list of everyone who I thought was worthy yep. and I just then... sorted
2: by points per game
1: okay well that's <laughs> that's what really the all-star game is all yep. about anyways points um and then I, you know i after that i just i you know i have guys in bold here who i thought made it and i just kind of went back and forth and some okay. guys so not a not an insane process
2: okay well let's let's start with backcourt um we both have beal i have as my other two backcourt guys oladipo and kyle lowry
1: uh I have Oladipo and I have Kyle
2: Lowry. Okay, and I I don't think that's quite a consensus, but I mean Oladipo is like a lock, right? Like the fact yeah, I mean he almost you, he you could argue that he should be starting over DeRozan. You know, it's a horse apiece piece to me. Either way, those two were getting in. uh Beal to me didn't quite feel like a lock. I mean, numbers wise, I think he sh- he should be here, and this is certainly well deserved. But it wouldn't have been like the craziest thing in the world if he was left off. He's never been an All Star. Yeah, and it's not like the Wizards are killing everybody this year. And we should say quickly, starters in the East Kyrie, DeRozan, LeBron, Giannis, and Embiid. So mm-hmm. they will not be named here. All right. So we have Oladipo, Beale, Lowry. Um, do you want to go with your front court then? And then we'll kind of get down. I have like four guys that I have in contention for the last spot.
1: Yeah. So these are my four front court. I have Drummond, Love, Chris Stapps, and Al Horford.
2: Drummond, Love, Porzingis, and Horford. So that's your seven right there. Okay. Yeah. I have Drummond, Horford, and Porzingis um i think horford of those three is the biggest lock for sure i mean just with as well as the celtics have played he's been great drummond i think it's in um i mean the pistons are only getting one some people have said tobias harris should be in consideration like if they're getting one it's drummond yeah um and porzingis you know who almost started i think will will kind of get the nominal nod his his numbers have not probably been as good as like if you're a casual follower of the nba you're probably thinking porzingis is averaging 50 points and 23 (laughs) rounds a game this year uh, but he's kind of cooled off. Yeah, he has he's, cooled off. He's basically admitted, you know, he, he dealt with some fatigue in terms of having to handle more of the offense. uh But I think those three probably get in. Who do you, who do you have like the most reservations about of that group? Um, I guess Love included.
1: I think it was between Love and Chris Staps were kind of a de- was kind of a decision for me. And the guy that I ended up leaving off was Ben Simmons, mm-hmm. and I didn't know how to deal with that because I, yeah. like I I can't d- say decidedly that Ben Simmons to me deserves it over Chris Stapps or Kevin Love but I like he's just really good I feel bad about leaving Ben Simmons off I yeah. really like him I just he'll mm-hmm. make it next year I don't feel yeah I could beat myself up about this I think it was list.
2: it was Zach Lowe saying last week that he he had talked to like East, your uh you know NBA coaches about about uh ben simmons and he you know multiple coaches has said like basically we don't vote for rookies so like that leads me to believe that he's not getting in right and simmons is also like porzingis has cooled off quite a bit like i I look today i think it was his last 17 games he's only averaging like 13 6 and 6 good numbers for a rookie but (laughs) you know considering he was averaging like 19 9 and 8 to begin the year he's not exactly riding a huge wave of momentum and i think you can say the same thing about love like a month ago if you do this i think love's almost a lock
1: yeah it, but With Isaiah Thomas coming back, it's kind of eaten right. into, into Love's offense. But well, and the
2: Cavs have – I mean, the the story around the Cavs for the last month is how much of a mess they are. Like, he has no momentum coming no. into this whatsoever. The other two guys I have in consideration, so Love, Simmons, Kemba Walker, I, I don't think he'll get in. Hornets haven't been good enough. But. I have him on my list. I didn't.
1: Okay, so, he, yeah, he's
2: kind of honorable mention. Yeah. And then John Wall. I John Wall, I think – is like if if, if this was NCAA tournament selection show, like he's like the number one on the bubble and it could yeah. really go either way. Um, I think we have
1: the same exact East Reserves list and we picked. Right. Cause I also have Wall as like listed, but not. So you went, make you went final with cut. Love as
2: your like seventh guy and yeah. like I have Wall slash Love slash Kemba slash Simmons. Of those four, I think it'll be Wall.
1: That would make sense to me just yeah, because
2: I, it's Wall or Love. And there's, I don't know if there's really much of an argument for the other to Tobias
1: or whoever else I would maybe give it to wall for the defense sure um but love is an amazing rebounder go up. I mean that's it's really tough Wall's numbers are down
2: you know compared to last year when he was a no-brainer to make the all-star game but he's still putting up what 19 and 9
1: yeah defense turnovers aren't great the shooting percentage is down so like I was just trying to look at it like if this guy's name was not John Wall how would I feel about him and it's like he's not that efficient he turns the ball over like I don't know but yeah i mean him and love are kind of in
2: the same boat and in, in that respect yeah okay so the west starters curry harden durant davis cousins this is so much harder i hated this um i guess we'll start in the backcourt russ is a lock jimmy butler is a lock um i don't think there's another
1: backcourt lock no i went uh yeah i went i have westbrook and butler And then I I locked those guys in and I didn't think twice about it.
2: No, yeah, no question. I think either of those guys could have started and, you know, if Butler was one of the forwards instead of Davis or Cousins, even though he's technically a backcourt guy, uh, I wouldn't have argued that. And I think Russ starting over Curry wouldn't have been insane just because Curry missed time. right? But for the second straight year, Russ will be coming off the bench. (laughs) So that's seven locks, including the starters. Um, Up front, I have Aldridge, Draymond, and Towns. And I'm pretty much willing to lock all three of those in i think towns is going to make it you know the timberwolves surging like they have the last few weeks i think helps um draymond you know being on the warriors and still being the best defender in the league helps and aldridge i think who a lot of people thought should have started over one of davis or cousins he to me is is probably the
1: biggest lock of the three i actually have put Jokic over lamarcus aldridge really yeah so the spurs are getting no all-stars I have the Spurs having no All Stars. Wow! Um, for my front court, I have Carl Anthony Towns, Draymond Green, Nikola Jokic, and then really? uh, okay. yeah, I have Paul George in there too.
2: Okay. And then, I have Jokic yeah. in my you know kind of honorable mention section, but uh, I, I, I just don't think that's going to happen. Like I, th- I think no, I don't if think if either. If we were but... picking at the game just to have the most fun, of course you want him in. I mean, LaMarcus might be the most boring player on either side <laughs> in an All Star setting but i don't i mean the nba is not going to give the spurs no all stars right
1: i i would be really surprised if he didn't make it but i i i looked at their same. numbers i thought about it i felt like i know the the nuggets record is a little lower than they had hoped but i just really feel like jokic is i, I don't know i think if i think if jokic and lamarcus aldridge triggered spots that the spurs would be the same if not better
2: Probably better, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. That's, that's what a good I'm saying argument.
2: the Nuggets would be worse, I think.
1: Yeah, right. And so that, that at the end of the day, like when I had to pick between the two, I was like, well, if they switch spots, and yeah. so I felt like Jokic was the better player there.
2: Okay, fair enough. Uh, so I have I have two spots left, I believe, on my team: Russ, Butler, Aldridge, Draymond, Towns. I, I have Clay, and okay. I know that Clay can be kind of polarizing when it comes to things like this. But we've seen over and over again he's kind of usually gets the benefit of the doubt and makes the roster so yeah. and he's certainly been good enough i mean he's been doing what he's basically done for the last five years so i think he's in as one of my guards and that leaves one spot for paul george damian lillard cj mccollum chris paul devin booker or nikola Jokic. am i yeah. missing anybody i don't think so I don't, yeah i don't think so either There's i a, would maybe arguments toward... for
1: blake and capella but yeah
2: yeah blake i feel like has missed just a bit too much time <laughs> yeah. and it's it's worth noting, like, if CP's healthy, he's he's probably in that Clay spot. And Clay gets maybe bumped out of this last year. If people give Chris Paul the benefit of the doubt and say that he has played enough games, he probably gets it. Although it does seem like the Lillard keeps getting snubbed narrative might help <laughs> him out. You know, I, yeah. I think it's going to be really close. And it's certainly possible that one of the guys I mentioned, you know, gets bumped out. Like, I, George and Lillard, to me, are kind of neck and neck for this last spot.
1: Yeah, George's offense taking a dip definitely hurts him and the teams uh, the, you know the, the thunder are doing better lately and i think that mm-hmm. helps him i think he also leads the league in steals or is very close. close if not leading yeah. close if not leading so um to me paul george uh is an all-star i put him in there um and then so my final two spots ended up being paul george i voted chris paul in um i put paul in over clay okay um lillard and the rest of those guys yeah
2: the warriors definitely don't need four all-stars i wouldn't i wouldn't be too upset if they hit all four. Yeah. See,
1: again. that's a, that's yeah. I didn't like, I realized that it's tough. Like you, you just put four warriors in there and then you're like, well, there's those, there's five, three other guys, right. you know?
2: And, and I do think this is the year that you could, you know, wouldn't be egregious to leave one of those guys off because it's not like they're sitting here at 41 and three going into the all-star break. You know? I mean, they haven't been that dominant no. relative to what I think people expected. And part of that is they're going at like 80% on a lot of nights, But in order to get four all stars, I think you would, you'd want to be a little more convincing than they've been. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's going to be interesting. I mean, good players, as is always the case in the West, really good players are going to get snubbed. I think the fact that it's coaches picking these probably helps Paul George. You know, like if it's if it's fans, those most fans probably aren't inclined to look at defensive metrics and things like that. (laughs) Where you know, Lillard's offensive numbers are unquestionably better. I don't know i I really don't know where that one's gonna go it's gonna be interesting tonight
1: i i don't know either i also one there's only i think one name i i I kind of mentioned Capello and blake i also when making the pre- preliminary list i put tyreek evans in there i don't think he has a chance at getting in but he's having a great like he's having a mm. great season the team is like really bad but
2: well one guy we haven't mentioned who's probably in kind of that williams, same right? yeah.
1: yeah yeah lou williams and tyreek evans to me are are kind of in the same boat, but Lou Williams gets if the. It obvious it came down to upgrade, one of those two, entirely yeah, no,
2: no chance. Exactly. I don't. I would love to find a spot for Lou Williams. Everyone would love to find a spot for Lou Williams. It just, it's just too deep, you know. Like, I just don't think it would be right to put Lou Williams in over Damian Lillard if that no, comes either. down to. Like that would be a huge slap in the face to Damian Lillard because Damian Lillard's
1: a better defender. But the, it is a little weird when you, similar players in a lot of ways. Yeah, it 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 the thing is it it actually i think it hurts lillard's all-star stock when lou williams is playing as good as he is offensively with like no talent around him like i think like people look at damian lillard and the team that they have and they look at his offensive stats and then they look at lou williams who has just been this like outcast six man mm-hmm. for like his entire career and they're like so this guy's playing as well as damian lillard what is this
2: should he be should lou williams be praised or like punished i guess for lack of a better term for i mean part of the reason that he's averaging 30 points a game over the last month is because they just said like all right we're gonna play you 40 minutes just shoot as much as you want because we have no one else the other guys on the court with you are tyrone wallace who's straight (laughs) out of nba 2k8 um you know sindarius thornwell do you want like part of it was out of necessity and granted the clippers have won a lot of those games and i think if they had lost them you know then then it becomes kind of the tyreek evans argument i guess um I mean, it's, I just don't see it. I, I would love for him to get in. I, I just don't think there's enough spots.
1: Yeah, same here. The thing is, he's just doing it so efficiently, too. That's the part that gets me. Right. Like, it's not like he's shooting 39%. True. He's, he's over the past 29 games, you know, he's 45% from the field, 42 from three. Mm-hmm. And he's scoring 28 a game with six assists. Like,
2: right. When he had that, that signature moment, putting 50 in a win over the Warriors, yeah. like that, the Warriors <laughs> kind of gave up early in that game. But still, you know, that was kind of the that was the national coming out party for, Hey, maybe we need to actually think about Lou Williams as an all-star. Whereas I don't know that Lillard's really had that, you know, Paul George and that team, especially been so up and down. I I don't know. It's, it's interesting. I I mean, this will tell us kind of a lot, I guess, about how coaches, if they do take this seriously enough, you know, feel (laughs) about, about Lou versus, you know, a much better defender and PG. Okay. Let's finish up with all-star Saturday stuff. So, Earlier today it was reported that Dennis Smith is going to be in the dunk contest. He has later refuted that report in some manner. He said um, that he
1: was not officially invited.
2: He said uh, it sounds like the, the invitation will probably still come. Like it was you know, it's not like this just leaked out from, you know, a Mavs Espionation site or something. It's yeah. just via, <laughs> via Shams, I believe. Yeah, it was. Um and it's, you know, this is the type of information that leaks this time of year. So like, it it seems very much likely that Dennis Smith will end up in the dunk contest. Shams also reported that he's going to be joined there by Larry Nance, Aaron Gordon, and Victor Oladipo. Not bad. Not bad. Could be better. Oladipo was in it once before. He was. He was not. He was Actually, he was better than was I thought solid. he would be, now that I yeah. think about it. That was the Giannis one, right? I think that was the Giannis, Giannis one. Giannis was really bad. Quite One bad. of the worst dunk contest performances ever.
1: Not as bad as Shannon yeah. Brown, but...
2: That was So that was the one where, where Levine, like, really
1: stole the show. Yeah, I'm that sure. was the first one, Yeah, and that was everyone And
2: And Oladipo was... kind of gave him, like, a little bit of a run in the early rounds. He did. And then just ran out of dunks, basically. <laughs> Aaron Gordon, I mean, he's a winner of this in the past. He, no, no, he wasn't. He didn't win.
1: Well, okay, the, I don't even count the one last year because I think he came into it with a foot injury. Yeah. Well, he, he didn't win that one either. He didn't win that one, but he was not dunking right. like he had the year before because he was injured. Right.
2: Well, I was thinking that he had won it two years ago, but he didn't. I mean... I mean, he Levine won the popular vote. Dominant, I'd, yeah. The electoral went to Levine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that was that was like a top three dunk contest ever. Yeah, that sure. was...
1: So that yeah, I mean, that'll be interesting. Nance will be interesting, I think. But it's he he to me feels like one of those like the big guy that they always put right. in. It
2: needs to be some sort of yeah representation, affirmative action to get big men into the dunk contest. Yeah, and we were saying uh, off air before we recorded, like you want to be ideally somewhere between like 64 and 68 probably to, to, to make your dunks have like maximum coolness because if you're if you're a short guy if you're Nate Robinson like we've seen that it works you can win it but you kind of have to get gimmicky with your dunks because you, you just physically can't do some of the dunks that guys who are 7 inches taller than you can do and the same thing goes for when you're a 7 footer you know Dwight had to do the whole superman thing JaVale McGee literally brought out a second basket to yeah. dunk on. Like you, you kind of run out of uh of contest type of dunks. You know, it's a lot harder for someone who's seven foot to put the ball around their back in midair than it is for a six five guy like Levine.
1: That's true. Larry Nance is six nine though, and Larry Nance senior. Agree. Yeah, good pedigree six ten, uh, an amazing dunk contest right. participant. So I mean that's actually that's I don't feel – I when I when I initially thought about it, I was like, why? But then I realized – I probably should have realized that he's Larry mm-hmm. Nance's son. Yeah, Larry um, Nance
2: Jr., actually. Larry son Nance's of Larry Jr. Nance.
1: Son of Larry Nance. <laughs> so um, I, I mean, I'll be excited for that. Maybe you'll try mm-hmm. to – I don't even know what he will try to do. I love the dunk contest. I know it's Me gotten too. really
2: corny and it's not – You know, I also don't know that it was ever all that cool. I think it just is one of those things that seemed cooler when you were eight years old. The Vince Carter one will forever hold up. But every other dunk contest other than that one in that era was not very good.
1: I feel like ever since like the YouTube kind of like dunker Mm -hmm. boom that it's gotten less exciting because you can just Google people doing crazier dunks than you've ever seen as opposed to like in nineteen ninety nine where no one had ever seen this stuff before. You could
2: win the ninety seven dunk contest by just throwing yourself an alley oop and doing a reverse. Like that would (laughs) have that would have like brought the house down. And now the yeah, things I, I do think the YouTube thing is real, you know, yeah. like you've, everyone has seen whether you're looking for it or not. It comes up on Instagram. It probably, somebody shares it on Facebook. Like, you see these dunks, and it's like, you know, if some white guy in jeans can throw down this, you, like, yeah. reverse windmill, you know, why am I seeing Giannis miss dunk after dunk? Yeah. Um, who, did, is there anyone else that you wanted to see in this? Terrence Ferguson would have been fun.
1: Terrence Ferguson, Donovan Mitchell would yep. have been cool. I think Donovan Mitchell wanted to be in it, too. I, he Yeah, I, I don't know who you would take out i mean i would actually it's a good field you could take out oladipo I'm that's yeah he's the, the guy that
2: well the other thing with dunk contest is you get to a point in your career where you get too good and yeah it's weird if you're in it and I, he's still on the borderline <laughs> so I I lebron
1: never did exactly. it? exactly
2: you got too good and <laughs> aaron gordon apparently is not quite good enough mm, yeah for that um i think levine would do it if if the dunk contest was like a month later but he can't Maybe. really justify that no although it's not like that's like an inherently risky thing to do I, i've never really understood that probably I, far less riskier than playing an nba basketball I th- game i think
1: it is There's like no I, defense i think the the acl thing that's more of like cutting mm-hmm. the change of direction sort of thing. and less and he was always a one foot jumper anyway Yeah, exactly so i don't know
2: right um john collins is another name i saw people wanted <laughs> that's a good one jalen brown um i i said this to james a while back like i would like them to do something for vince carter this is probably his last all-star game like Maybe Vince wouldn't want to do this, but like have him go out there and like kick things off with like give, give him a put down a huge windmill. You yeah, know? give him a good
1: couple of core zone shots in the knees. Right. Some icy hot a trampoline. A trampoline yeah. Send him out there, have him do the right. best dunk that like he a, can physically re- still do.
2: Exactly, like a retirement tour for the dunk contest, basically. um And then you know in LA, I think that would be well received. Yeah, three point contest. Brad Beal, in addition to being a, an all star, is reportedly also going to do the three point shootout, which he has never done before. Deserve kind it. of surprising. I thought he had. He is not. Um, We don't know any other names as of now. Who do you want to see in this thing?
1: That's. I mean, Clay.
2: There's a lot of good options. There's a
1: lot of Clay. um, Clay's going to do
2: it. I think. Like a month ago, he said something
1: about it that he wants to do it. That yeah. I mean, I think he should. I mean, he's. uh, Does he? Is he the best? Well, he's the best volume three point shooter, isn't he? I mean, percentage kind of. If you mix percentage with like amount of attempts, yeah. Um, well
2: especially in this format where you're you're grabbing off a rack like you know you're not like curry if you're dribbling into these like curry's probably the guy you want but like clay I think his like style was built to win three point shootouts.
1: Yeah, I could see Wayne Ellington in it. Um he's yeah. been a really good three point shooter for the Heat. Yep. Um Paul George has some consideration he's shooting 43%. He's, Lou Williams yeah, he's if, they s- if they if they snub Lou Williams from the uh from yes. the All-Star game you could get in three point. Yep yeah um, he's never done it
2: before that would be a good one um well i mean the reigning champion i don't know if he's going to come back eric gordon yeah if he'll defend that that's interesting i would think probably if he gets the invite um i mean jason tatum in terms of percentages yeah he's you fallen off a little bit over the last month but he'd be Porter, i could see order marketing he'll be there for rookie sophomore
1: reddick always a sleeper
2: yep yep james harden has done it twice already he didn't do it last year but he he'd done it each of the previous two years um they should throw he Miritich leaves league in and made
1: threes actually miratich is shooting 44 <laughs> percent. can you imagine nikola they put nikola miratich in there he would 100 percent do it if he could right the best he part is he, he'd probably be in a different jersey while He would doing just be it. in
2: one of in like a,
1: a generic like a, yeah it just, just, like says, a, just says kia says
2: NBA, <laughs> <like> <laughs> basketball <laughs> um yeah anything else i think that that's all i got oh skills challenge skills challenge <laughs> Jeez. i that's the one thing i can't get on board with you can't get on board with the skill they need to add more things there's only like three obstacles in the whole course
1: i think they need to exclusively do the skills challenge big men against guards someone should have to guard you that would be funny, Maybe,
2: but like it'd be this to ensure consistency. Like it'd have to be the same guy. Like Tony Allen has to guard <laughs> you. The whole Tony thing. Allen
1: guards everyone <laughs>
2: for the for the entire. I they should do that for the dunk contest too. <laughs> Just
1: send someone. Like out I don't there to know who posturized. that even is right now, but like
2: they know, bring in been... Sean
1: Bradley from wherever. He right. Is. Like, wouldn't
2: it have been awesome twenty years ago if the dunk contest was all these guys and then Dikembe Mutombo is planted in the middle of the lane? It's like, all right, whoever has the best dunk and you got to finish it over Dikembe.
1: Yeah, that uh, Vince Carter might have or was it Olajuwon that he dunked on? I think it was Matom he dunked on a number of players. He dunked on Matumbo, I think, then gave him the finger wag one time, so mm. I think he would he'll be my early candidate sure. for this makeup scenario.
2: Alright, well that'll do it for the Tuesday episode of the Roadwire NBA podcast. Again, we are sponsored by drafteasy.com Ben will be talking DFS stuff, I believe, tomorrow and I'll be back on Thursday as usual with James.